0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Church Brand Guide Podcast. This is Michael Persad. I'm so glad you're here today. We're going to be diving into a topic that I know will interest you. We're talking about how to get people involved in your church. So there's a lot of attenders that come from week to week, and it's hard to move them to a place where they're volunteering and giving up their time, their energy, and their finances to what's happening at the church. So every church, whether you're big or small, you're dealing with this issue. And uh, today we're going to unpack how do you create a brand with your church that that cultivates people that it will jump in and and get involved and uh, be a part of the vision. So we we've invited uh, Dick Hardy to come on the podcast. He'll introduce himself a little bit later uh, as we get into the conversation. But uh, just want to let you know that he is very very qualified to speak on this topic having uh, decades in in the industry, basically, uh, working on staff at a church, and then uh, now as an owner of a consultant group that works with churches. So I'm excited for you to to learn about what he has to say uh, regarding this topic. I think it'll really make a difference in how you build your brand right now in your church. So let's go to our conversation with Dick Hardy, and he's going to help us understand how we can get people engaged. Thanks for joining us today on the Church Brain Guide podcast. Uh, today, we've got our guest with us. His name is Dick Hardy. He's been on this, with us before, and he's back again, and we're going to unpack the topic of getting people from being spectators to getting involved in the church. Welcome, Dick, to the podcast. Glad to have you back.
1: Thank you, Dr. Prasad. It's great to hang out <laughs> with you here. We'll just take you right up to that level. So, yeah, no, I'd love hanging out with you.
0: Thanks for the promotion. I appreciate That's it. Right. That's right. <laughs> um, so why don't you uh, help our, our audience uh, learn about who you are for a minute. Uh, what do you do?
1: You know, my wife's been asking me that a lot lately. Should <laughs> I be nervous? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, we've been, we've been blessed here the last nine and a half years. We've had a company called The Hardy Group. And uh, you can find us at thehardygroup.org. And uh, we are a pastoral leadership consulting firm. And uh, so we do personal consulting with pastors. And uh, in the last couple of years, we've really been raising our presence with uh, online uh, services and ministry. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that at the end of the uh, podcast. But yeah, it's been a great journey that the Lord's allowed us to be part of. I've had two. I worked at two very large churches, um, had great experiences at those churches for 20 plus years and then uh, served as a vice president of Bible College, which gave me a great network. I had a pretty decent network prior to that, but that really gave me a great network of pastors around the country and around the world. So bringing that all together with the experiences and so on, uh, we launched out in 07 and started the Hardy Group and um, Jonathan joined us, our son, uh, who you know, uh, joined us two years ago and um, helps keep us younger and fresher so it's yeah. all good it's all good
0: awesome well thanks for again for coming on and today we're going to be talking about this uh this big topic we come across it a lot in our uh experience as we talk to churches yeah. and i think I'll, every church probably struggles with this in some way how do you get people involved instead of just sitting there and coming in from week to week whether you're a small church you have that problem or a big church, big you, church. you still have the same problem
1: yeah you know i'll have a lot of smaller churches say well a big church doesn't have that because they have all those people well, let me just tell you it's 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 only amplified because of the size of everything. So everybody faces it. Absolutely everybody faces this how to get people involved. Yeah. So you got the magic answer to it today?
0: Uh, well, that's why you're here. That's why we're cutting that big check. <laughs> yeah, 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 again. right. Yeah, boy, I'm really planning
1: on padding my retirement account with that one. I'm the guy buying lunch today, aren't I?
0: Actually, yes, <laughs> That's you're right. I, yeah, so because
1: I showed up for this interview late, so your <laughs> listeners can appreciate the fact that I, I'm having to pay. So. <laughs> so
0: why do you think people are, are resistant to getting involved?
1: You know, one of the things I would say, particularly to middle-aged pastors and older, you have to factor that this is a different world than even five years ago. But when you talk 10 or 20 years ago, it's a completely different world. The pace of life uh, is just unbelievable. I've got one pastor who would be probably in his mid to late 50s, good guy. I mean, this guy, man, he, he wants to win people to the Lord. And he's, but he is still thinking that people will give of their time to the church like they did in 1980 or 90 or 2000 or even 2010, and it's not happening. So he's all frustrated, and he blames the people for not being committed, when really he has to adjust, adjust his expectations, and what he what he wants out of people, and be clear what he wants out of people, uh, in order to really move the thing forward. So I don't I don't know if I probably diverted away from your original question, but
0: no, it, I think that's great. The the whole mentality I think is a big big factor in why people are just uh, oh yeah, it's they, this busyness yeah no. Um,
1: and, and, and I don't give that as an excuse yeah because pastors are well man if they were really committed you know I mean the church is the most important well we get that but when you just stop and think of the you got to factor the way the people sitting in your church what their lives are what 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 the, the changes the demands on them now you can you can argue and you need to teach properly where they have to place their expectations. You know, I'll, I'll see pastors, I'll see people that I've been around long enough to know parents, for example, will wrongly place focus for their children on things like sports. Yeah. Because you not only have school teams, but now you've got club teams and all this stuff. And they'll say, well, my kid's gotta be in sports, you know, because they're gonna get that scholarship. Well, first of all, most of them won't get that scholarship. Yeah. And when you train them that the priority in your family is sports rather than being at the youth group, then all of a sudden when they're 21, 22, 23 years old and they don't want to be part of church, well, you've seeded that with them because you've told them. And I know our purpose here is not parenting. But <laughs> uh, a pastor does have an obligation to help teach the people. But he also, I think, needs to be suspicious spiritually savvy enough to know that if you want people involved, you've got to be very strategic with it, uh, which means things like don't load the calendar. Don't expect people to be there four or five nights a week. Mm. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You're going to be disappointed. You won't get the end result you want.
0: Yeah. You know, I, uh, I'm, I'm experiencing this in my life. I've got young kids now. Well, uh, so I've been part of church world my, my entire life. And man, it was so much easier to be involved when I didn't, didn't have, have kids. Free yeah, kids. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, guess what? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so even even myself sitting in, in the in the church, I find that I need to be prompted and I need to be it needs to be as easy as possible. Even though I'm a good Christian, so to speak, you know, in quotes, air quotes right now. Um, yeah. uh, I I really need the church to come alongside me and to help me get involved. And uh, it's not because I don't necessarily want to. It's just because the default of life, you know,
1: oh yeah. it's just
0: so demanding. It is. It and is. I, I want to be, but help me out.
1: Yeah. And, and churches that are intentional with that will move forward. But churches that live in frustration and don't plan and aren't strategic in w- when they ask people to be involved, they're going to find themselves be very frustrated and not get the end result of having people get involved.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me too, an older pastor was was uh, talking at, I think it was a seminar or something, and he, he was just talking about the, the mind shift that you were talking about too. Like, back in the older generations, I I won't say when, because I, I don't want to <laughs> uh, make anybody feel bad. Yeah, well, you're hanging with an old guy here, so
1: just be careful.
0: <laughs> um, there's kind of a mentality that the church is, you know, God's there and he, the church is a good thing, and... Uh, people were more willing to maybe j- jump on board to help out with what's going on. But in recent generations, and I, I, I even find myself in, in some of this, but even the millennials especially, um, there's more required to get people to, to think about helping the church than it used to be.
1: Yeah. And the options for people. Yeah. You know, it, it used to be, uh, I mean, I'm, really, I'm old enough to really remember when Sundays most things were closed down uh you're you're too young to know that but that was a uh, a common thing um well not today for goodness sakes I mean what's the uh, I guess people generally close down on Christmas
0: yeah <laughs> right
1: but no other day yeah they're 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 going non-stop now you have you know some Christian oriented companies the chick-fil-as and hobby lobbies and so on that do but that's a that's an, that's that's rare right so we've got we've got to be aware of that. Uh, and, and then, um, be, be smart enough to plan fewer things that you want out of people strategically rather than a whole smorgasbord. Back in the day, you know, the way to grow the church was to have more and more and more and more ministries. Well, when you have more and more and more ministries, you need what? More and more and more people. Mm, Yeah. So I, I say to churches, you know, what's more valuable? Is it more valuable for you to have a hundred ministries and struggle to and uh, kind of use the term, they're, they're staffed, volunteer staffed in a mediocre way, mm. or to have 10 ministries where you're overloaded and you're off the charts strong mm. in those 10 ministries. That's of course, I advocate, get the 10 really strong ministries where you're asking people, you're, you're asking people high value. Yeah. You know, guy like you, Michael, uh, you know, if I'm a pastor and I'm asking you to do something that occupies your time, you're gonna be saying, as a young business professional, is this the best use of my time? Yeah. Am I giving of myself to the work of the Lord to the best I can? Mm-hmm. And uh, if a church can tap that, yeah. that's a great thing. If a, if a church it only needs to fill slots.
0: Mm, that's good.
1: It's gonna, be, it's gonna be very short-lived commitment for people.
0: Yeah,
1: um, And on that term, I'm glad I brought up the term commitment. One of the things we have to acknowledge when you said millennials, you know, the day of the commitment generation is gone. Um, even, even the boomers' it, uh, commitment started to wane. It was nothing like what the builder generation was like. But now when you get down to Gen X and millennials, there's no commitment. Doesn't mean they're bad people. It's just that as as pastors and church leaders, we've got to understand that. Now that works that works well for us because they're they're wide open to what we have. They're not committed hmm. to this other thing, whatever the other thing is, maybe the history of how they were raised or whatever. But um, where there's no commitment and they can easily get involved there's also no commitment. I can easily uninvolve myself. Mm-hmm. So while we're involving people, it's gotta be high value. Yeah, It's gotta make sense to them mm-hmm. to continue to be involved. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're gonna recruit people for very short periods of time, and you're gonna be on a continual treadmill trying to get that done.
0: Yeah, that's good. Uh, this is a little bit of a side note. We'll move on, but man, I tell you what. I love to see the wins too. Like if I'm doing something, I'm giving my time mm-hmm. and and energy towards something.
1: Show me that it's making the difference. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: So a little little nugget, I think too. If we, if churches get good at that,
1: I will talk to churches and I tell them, listen, um, if if you have, let's talk let's talk greeters. This is a perfect. Everybody gets it. What a greeter does at the door. You're standing there. You're passing out bulletins, shaking people's hand. Blah blah blah. Well, if you do that long enough, you know that's rather routine. Is this all I do? I just stand here at the door and greet people? No, that's not all you do. Because let's let's use an illustration. Let's suppose uh 52 people get saved. Make it real easy and obvious what we're doing here. Yeah. 52 two people in a year at your church give their heart to Jesus. And you have uh let's make it a little more complicated here. Two entrances to your building. Okay? Well, you do the math on that. 52 people give their heart to the Lord and you have two entrances you're a greeter. Yeah. You have two entrances to the building. That means that every other Sunday, somebody's walking through your door, mm. not having a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And they're walking back out the door knowing Jesus. Mm. Now that puts a whole new spin on handing bulletins out. Now all of a sudden, you know, you, to your point, what value does Well, this is the value. You're one of the first flesh-to-flesh contact, shaking a hand, eye-to-eye, smile that that person who doesn't know Jesus is, is going to have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Think of the value of that. Yeah. So that's where pastors have to be smart in the way they're communicating that to their volunteers. Let me also say on that, don't assume. Pastors are notorious. Churches are notorious for assuming because we're on the inside, we see all this stuff. We see the reports yeah. say, okay, the attendance is kind of going up a little bit here, and you know this was a great Easter and that was a great, and these people got. To say, you got to tell that story. Yes, that's good. You got to tell the story, people. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, that's don't good. get me cranked up. No, that's good.
0: <laughs> Love it, uh, and it's important for people to get involved. I mean, it's it really is for each individual for the church. A lot of good things happen when people get involved. Mm-hmm. You know, people get they form relationships, and uh, you know, those are those are just gonna. You never know what's gonna happen right. once once those relationships form. So let's talk about maybe some practical ways that um, that we can uh, help churches to get people involved. Um, so uh, maybe it's a serve team, maybe it's a small group. What are some ways that you found that are effective in getting people off the off the bench and into the game?
1: Well. Uh, remind me to talk about that off-the-bench term. Okay. It's a good term, okay. but it's a term that you got to be careful with. I, I hope that's coming out right. I know you're the, this is your podcast, but it is uh, something I want to chat about. Awesome, um, yeah. Um, I would, you know, one of the things I've seen that's been most successful is uh, as soon as people get to a church, maybe they come back to your hospitality area and you get their contact information, and they're expressing an interest in getting involved. One of the things I strongly encourage a church to do is to create some sort of a, I know this word will sound like, oh brother, another class, but create something, call it a class, whatever, for everyone to go through that wants to get involved in ministry. So they want to be involved in the nursery, They want to be involved in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to teach the fifth grade boys Sunday school class, I don't know, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, They want to be on the worship team, anything. Uh, They all go through this thing, uh, and so let's call it something like a connect class, um, or whatever term you'd want to use. But what it does is, it helps everyone get on the same page. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is something churches haven't paid attention to in the past. But the, the larger growing churches are now really paying attention to this because it's important that everybody understands the church's mission, uh-huh. their core values, um, the thinking of the pastor. Now, the pastor's probably not teaching it necessarily um, because like you, you want to do it at the most convenient time, which means not a Tuesday night or Thursday night. For the new person, you want to do it on a Sunday morning the most natural time for them to be there. Now, I'm not suggesting you do a little 15 minute thing. I mean, do a, give it some oomph. But um, you you wanna help prepare everyone to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, you, know, you talk a lot about, we've talked about hospitality. Well, hospitality is uh, what, just the greeter's job? No, hospitality is everybody's job. Mm-hmm including the outside Parker, or the fifth grade Sunday school, to everybody. Yeah. So you can talk about those. So you move people, they come in, they're guests, they identify themselves, and then you say, we want you to go to the Connect class if you want to get involved. And then at the Connect class, you begin to see opportunities that are available. So suppose you're a <clears throat> gregarious, big mouth kind of guy like I am, and, and you don't mind meeting people. That, The Michaels and the Dicks of this world may say, well, I kind of gravitate to the hospitality ministry. I like doing that. It's kind of a natural for me. Or maybe you have somebody that's a little quieter, like my wife is, and she says, man, I like to work more in the early childhood area where I'm a little more behind the scenes. Well, at that Connect class, you can find those spots where you can move into connection. And then you see, by the time you connect into those, everybody who's connected into something has gone through this initial thing, yeah, this connect class, that put them all on the same page. Mm. So th- that'd be one of, the th- one of the things I'd really be looking at doing in terms of helping people get connected into something like that. Now, at the same time, I don't know if this is the spot I'm supposed to bring this up, so if it's not, slap my hand. Uh, I would also be talking about small groups. Sure. Uh, because y- you want people connecting in small groups. You want them connected in ministry and small groups. Now, one of the things you have to be careful of if somebody decides, I wanna get involved in a small group and because I'm involved in a small group, I don't have to serve. Well, that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because if you build a whole church of small groups, Mm -hmm. then nobody's working. Mm -hmm. Or the flip side is true. Uh, I'm involved in a ministry, therefore I don't have to be in a small group.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, no, that doesn't work because you gotta build relationships. So you want those going in tandem.
0: So what do you recommend with the Connect class? Uh, what's the length? Is it four weeks? Is it a week? Is it, is I, it good? I recommend a week. A week? One
1: week. Yeah, because I, I see people, <laughs> I said that I had the ultimate, I, I thought, what was this guy doing? He had an 18-week course. <laughs> and he had great content in there, but I said, nobody's gonna come to an 18, you're setting yourself up to be so stinking frustrated because people won't stick with that. Yeah. Um, so I would boil it down, listen, we're in a Twitter world, 140 characters. <laughs> uh, so to think that people are gonna come in to 18, yeah, I mean, good luck. So <laughs> no. I would boil it into, no, it's probably a law. Lo- it's probably a, uh, it's probably got some length to it. So like if you're uh, the, the church I'm thinking of that does this, uh, they do two services on a Sunday, but this cadet class is like three hours, so it's all morning. But the point is, it's all morning at a time where they're thinking of coming to church anyway because they're in that mode. Uh, that's my that's gonna kind of my two cents worth. So.
0: Okay, so yeah, yeah, keep it keep it short. Now
1: on the off the bench thing. Yeah. One of the things I had one pastor um, that was very honoring. I'm 62 years old, so I, I'll just admit it. I'm 62, and um, he was very honoring of older people, uh, and older people for him were any 60, 70, 80, and he remembered these people. He had he had grown up in the church left, went to college, worked at another church, then came back as the lead pastor when he was in his early 30s. Well, he remembered people who were now in their mid-70s, he remembered how active they were when they were in their early 40s or 50s, because yeah. he was a little kid, hmm. and now they're not. And he wanted to get them off the bench. And I says, give up. I don't, while while you want opportunities for that, there is life cycle, and the older the people get, frankly, the energy begins to wane. So don't expect the 70-year-old who loves Jesus, who loves the church, and who when they were 40, they were head over heels and things, don't expect that they're going to come back and you're going to jumpstart them into ministry. Provide opportunities, yes, but don't hang your hat on that you've got to keep going for the new people that are coming into the church
0: yeah that's so, good yeah. that's good uh, but I do love old people yeah. <laughs> so just don't
1: don't have some of your listeners send you nasty grams saying where'd you get this guy
0: <laughs> um, so what are some maybe uh, practical practical things or maybe just pick one one something I've seen uh, churches do this in different ways like they might have a um, a rally week to get as many people uh, into a serve team as as possible they might do a sermon series they might do uh, Maybe individual ministries are out recruiting different uh, different places. Um, maybe there's a staff position. So there's different ways to, to get people in into uh, involvement in the church. Can you maybe pick one of those and, and just... Uh,
1: well, let me start with the one I wouldn't do Yeah. because uh, it never works. Is Let's do pulpit announcements. So we need two more people in the nursery. That's terrible to do a pulpit announcement to say you need two more people in the nursery because what you've just communicated to the guest... Ah is that you're understaffed. Mm-hmm. Why would I want to come to a church that can't get people to take care of my kids in the nursery? So don't do that. And you'll get youth pastors say, hey, I need some more youth workers, I need some pastor. would you? No. All those kind of announcements say you don't have your act together. Yeah. So don't do that publicly. I would suggest that you do have, in the same way pastors will frequently make sure that they have a tithing message once a year, Yeah. I've had, I'd have an involvement message once a year. I'd have something, um, and, and the the the, num- the first and second times a year that people would jump into a ministry are September, that's number one, okay. back to school. Number two is January, first of the year. Good to know. So you want to fire away at those two times, but I would maybe put on your schedule, we've talked about calendar, yeah. that you're going to have one time a year that you're really going to talk about involvement. Um, and. Was, I, I don't know. I wouldn't advocate this, although I've seen it done, uh, where, okay, we're going to be involved, in, and now we have a ministry fair out there. Go out there and sign up. Yeah. The best volunteer, if Dick Hardy wants a volunteer serving in my ministry, the best way for it to happen is for me to pick up the phone and call Michael mm. and talk to Michael. Yeah. Talk to my friend or my new acquaintance or the new person, Michael, because it's a real personal contact. So I say mm-hmm. that to your youth pastor, to your children's directors, you gotta get on the phone, oh yeah, I know, but well, well, well don't whine and moan about it, that's the way it happens. Yeah. Big church, small church, you've gotta personally talk to people. So I think if you if you put something together where the pastor is has an emphasis on that, uh, say the first year, you know, when people are thinking about you know, reconfiguring their schedule, um, then, after that after that message comes out, then your staff, your volunteers, smaller churches, volunteers, need to be geared up to be making phone calls to people mm. and personal invitations. People will respond to a personal invitation.
0: That's good. Yeah. So. And what's I, you this is a good one, but uh, the the phone call, are there any other ways that people uh, that you recommend to get people uh, to sign up? Well,
1: you know, I say phone call. It's it's personal. It's yeah. It's catching somebody in the lobby. It's not, but it's not. Um, it's 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 not come fill my slot. Yeah. People want to be involved where there's value. So, uh, and another and another thing. There's a great book um, for your listeners. It's called Your Volunteers. Okay. I highly recommend it. Chris Mavity, M-A-V-I-T-Y, you can get it on Amazon, is the author. He's a friend of mine. Um, and uh, it's, it's an easy read, but it's talking about how you treat volunteers. Mm. He says, you think about it, particularly when we're talking, uh, we talked in one of these other podcasts, uh, Michael, about guests, but we will frequently treat our guests like way up here, I'm putting my hand way high in the air. Okay. And we'll treat our volunteers way down low, like down North Fort. We just take for, for granted our, our volunteers. We mm-hmm. take for granted that um, this gal has been serving in the nursery for three years. We yeah. take for granted that the usher is there, that the greeter is there. You you've got a volunteers are the the greatest asset of the church. when you think how would you run church without volunteers. Mm-hmm. So you, that book, Your Volunteers, will really help bring that into focus for you. But it, it is somehow a personal contact. Uh, I will say something um, uh, Something uh, relative to recruiting volunteers, and this book will talk about this, is when you're recruiting volunteers, you, uh, you cannot be desperate. So when you want somebody to get involved, you can't be desperate as a church leader. If you're desperate, you lose. Now, you might feel desperate. (laughs) You know, the classic, uh, I got to get nursery workers. Well, guess what? I mean, the day you and I are recording this is a Monday, and if you have midweek service, Wednesday's coming. I've got to have, well, that's desperate. Yeah. You've got to be planning for the long haul, and you've got to be prepared for a potential volunteer, someone you want involved in ministry, to say no. Yeah. If they say no, are they out forever? No. Relationally, you keep it going mm-hmm. so that, that you can help bring that person back into involvement again at mm-hmm. another time when their heart is right for it.
0: That's great. So, That's one. great. Well, Dick, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Absolutely. What's a, what's a good way for people to get in contact with yeah,
1: you? Yeah, it'd be great. Love to chat with anybody. And if you're listeners, uh, the website is uh, thehardygroup.org. My personal email, of course, you can click on it there, but is dhardy at thehardygroup.org. Uh, you can also contact uh uh, us and Ryan Wakefield through uh, churchmarketinguniversity.com. Yeah. Uh, and that is a a, a great offering uh, to churches that is not currently open, but if you go over there, you can get your name on the wait list and get preferred uh, access to it when we do open it up. The al- also, on this kind of subject and all sorts of subjects germane to pastors and ministry, we have a monthly membership uh, that is priced very nominally for pastors to be part of called The Inner Circle. Yeah. So if you go to thehardygroup.org, go to services and click on, I think it's called Level 2 Consulting is The Inner Circle. That'll give you all the information about how you can uh, begin to participate. We've got hundreds of pastors and church leaders around the world that are in that getting at, uh, resources every week to help them lead better and be a better pastor.
0: Amazing. Well, thanks uh, Thanks for letting us know about those resources yeah. and how they can take this conversation much further. So thanks for uh, coming on the podcast. Absolutely, Michael. Appreciate My you privilege. coming out. You bet thanks for listening today uh, to the podcast. Uh, super helpful information from Dick Hardy. I want to say thanks again for him uh, coming on the podcast and sharing those insights and uh, just helping us helping us understand how we can do this better to to get people engaged in, in our church. Uh, just an update on what I'm doing. I wanted to let you know that I'll be working a lot cl- a lot more closely with a local church here in my area uh, in Kansas City to help them grow by building a strong brand. So I'll be keeping some hours on site and just helping them as a consultant to build a brand, uh, implement marketing techniques, uh, build a photography team, create videos, uh, create graphics and do everything that we talk about on the podcast. I'll be helping them to actually execute it. So I'm excited because I think I'll be able to give you a lot more insights on how this is working. And uh, maybe even some insights on what worked, what didn't work, what we're trying, why we're trying it. So I think it'll be a much richer podcast to be able to share what we're doing so you can benefit from those insights. Uh, One resource I want to let you know about before we uh, close our podcast is a book called Made to Stick by Dan and Chip Heath. In this book, the authors unpack why some ideas are sticky and they stay around for a very long time and why others' ideas... Uh, other ideas just go away. So they, uh, they're they really good at helping us understand why fables are sticky and they're with us for thousands of years or or parables or even uh, more recently, uh, urban legends. And uh, it also unpacks like why, why do certain things not stick? Like many vision statements to organizations are just not sticky. People don't remember those things. But if a church can begin to understand how people think, and what makes an idea stick with them, then they could be so much more effective at uh, presenting a vision that's going to stay with, with the people and motivate them for quite some time. So it's, it's a great book, a great read, some great insights, especially to this big idea called the curse of knowledge. So we've talked about it before in our podcast, and it's basically the idea that when you know something really well, it's hard to teach somebody that doesn't know what you know. So a uh, really good book, again, it's called Made to Stick by Dan and Chip Heath. I highly recommend that you get it. If you go to our blog uh, you, at churchbrandguide.com, we have a link that you can link out to to buy that book and get it on Amazon. The free resource I'd like to highlight today is a questionnaire that we have on building a website. So if you're interested in building a website for your church, you can download this questionnaire from our blog. It's free, and it provides a bunch of questions that will help guide you through a good website for your church. So this can help you as you look for a developer um, to basically have some answers so that you can get a really good fit with your developer uh, to help you develop the right thing for your church. So on our our blog for this episode at churchbrandguide.com, You can click on our resources and get that free download, and uh, hopefully that helps you out if you're looking to build a website. Well, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. Check us out on Facebook and leave some comments. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to review us on iTunes as well. That's super helpful to get the the message out there to other people. So hopefully we're helping you, and uh, you're doing a great job of building a strong brand for your church. Thanks again for joining me, and I'll see you next time.